Good afternoon. It's Saturday, and we are here with Jeffrey Candelaria and Straight Talk. Welcome, Jeffrey. Hey, thanks, Eric. I appreciate everything you do, and uh, thanks for uh, producing the show. This is Jeffrey Candelaria. Welcome to another incarnation of Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Uh, tell your friends about the show. It's a, a very insightful show, I believe, because I try to bring guests that uh, are going to bring insight and uh, content that you may not hear. We uh, do everything on straight talk, not to speak in platitudes or cliches. I try to be as transparent and as direct and pragmatic as possible when uh, interviewing my guests. Before I introduce my guests for today's show, I'd like to once again thank uh, Eddie Aragon for providing me this platform, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. If you'd like to be a sponsor of the show or and or a guest, get a hold of me, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-A-Y dot candy77 at gmail.com. Before I introduce my next guest, who is also uh, a sponsor, by the way, I'd like to recognize one of my other new sponsors, Ben Mo- Mozek, uh, the uh, owner of S3 uh, Security. And given what happened uh, over the last week and a half with Bernalillo County and APS being cyber attacked, uh, he recommends that every business and every individual as a computer backs up their information at least once a week. If you're an individual, at least once a week. If you're a business, you should probably do it daily. Back up your data. And again, if you'd like more information about uh, cybersecurity for you, the individual, and or you, the business, get a hold of Ben S3 Security, 505-242-5683. Thank you again, uh, Ben, for sponsoring uh, my show, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. All right, I'm going to introduce another sponsor and friend, business colleague, and somebody I have a great deal of respect for. He's probably one of the top five preeminent uh, finance economists, if you will, here in the uh, marketplace called New Mexico, Pavlos Panagopoulos. It took me about five hours to pronounce his last name, Pavlos Panagopoulos with Cetera Advisor Networks. He is also a CFP, AIF, financial consultant. Welcome to Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria Pavlos. Hey, thank you, Jeff. It's always great to be on your show. Uh, Straight Talk, uh, what a great uh, service you do to our community, uh, giving people you know good information that they can use in their everyday lives, and you know really kind of cutting through the BS that is out there in the media. Um, I think you told me that CNN actually had a ninety percent uh, loss in their business and their ratings, your viewership, um, yeah, yeah, viewership, and you know I think people like Straight Talk is what. Uh, you know, viewers are looking for. They're looking for some type of, you know, not just not, not information, but a little knowledge. You bring knowledge to the listeners. Well, I try to bring what I call equitable knowledge, meaning even though I tend to be a libertarian conservative, I think the Republican Party is just as hypocritical as the Democratic Party. I just choose more conservative ideology because I still believe in self-reliance, accountability, a strong military and strong borders. The point is, I don't like absolute uh, interpretations of media propagating information, meaning if you listen to uh, Hannity or, or what was his name, Rush Limbaugh, or the people on CNN or CSNBC or whatever, their interpretations of the world tend to be very biased, one extreme or the other. And sometimes you got to listen to both of them to get well, the that's truth. What I'm I know, I know, that's yeah. what I'm discussing yeah. here is I believe in nuance, 
like the color purple is made of two opposite sides of the color spectrum, blue and red. So you've got elongated wavelengths on one side, smaller wavelengths on the other, they'd make this beautiful color called purple, which, by the way, used to be one of the most coveted uh, colors in medieval and ancient times because it was a difficult color to manufacture. That's why most people, when you see royalty, were wearing purple because it was a very difficult color. The point is, it's a combination of two extremes, and that's what we try to do on Straight Talk. We try to cover things as objectively, transparently, while eliminating cliches and hypocrisy as possible. So with that, we're going to talk a little bit about the economic outlook for 2022. You've been in the business how long, uh, Pablos? So I started in 1986, so I'm going to be celebrating my 34th year, 35th year coming up um, here in November, and I've been with the same firm, Satera, uh, all 35 years. Yeah, and what I appreciate about you is you really understand macro and micro uh, finance and economics. You study macro, global trends, but you also apply those trends to local marketplace uh, situations and your local clients. Yes, we have a lot of business owners. Uh, we have people who are near retirement, they're already retirees, people saving money for their children for college. So we have to look at all the angles. Uh, I mean, almost think of us as kind of like the general doctor, you know, and then you had the, the doctors on earlier. Um, you know, we're more of a general practitioner. And then we go out and find the experts in each field, whether it's, you know, political um, upheaval that we're seeing or economic upheaval um, and try to get, like you said, uh, that purple color uh, where, you know, we're looking at all sides and all angles of a particular subject matter. Yeah, because when folks, when you're screwing with people's money, you know, they don't care about politics. They don't care about cliches. They want to know what's in my best interest. And that's what you do. You're uh, you're the steward and protector of people's financial right. interests. And I'm an accredited investment fiduciary and a CFP. You mentioned that. I'm a certified financial planner. And the nice thing with Cetera, we're independent. So we're not like a Wall Street firm where we're creating investments uh, like a lot of companies or we have our own funds or our own uh, uh, management company. Um, Cetera is... Uh, the last 35 years I've been with them, it always allows me to put my own stamp and how yep. I want to do the business. But we also have compliance. There's a lot of independent advisors out there uh, that claim that they're independent. But I know you know about this state here in New Mexico. Um, there's like one person that oversees the independent advisors here in New Mexico. And I've never met that person. I don't know who that is. With Cetera, I am audited, Jeffrey, would you believe, every year. So my firm audits me. Now, people would say, well, why do you like your company looking over your shoulder? Well, as long as I'm doing things properly and ethically for my clients, I don't have any problem yeah. looking over my shoulder. So, you know, it's the nice, the best of both worlds, being independent and being an advisor and having uh, compliance that backs us up in a national firm. Pavlos Patagopoulos is my guest, Jeffrey Candelaria, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. We're talking about the economic outlook for New Mexicans. Oh, 2022. And just like you mentioned before, you have to be very careful because you're so regulated about speaking in absolute definitive terms, right? So when all these dumb, fat, donating politicians say, oh, all Americans think that whatever, right. it's, it's a mistake to say all Americans because you've got 330 million Americans with different interpretations of how you see the world. So you, as a financial advisor, have to be very careful not to speak in definitive, absolute terms, right? Exactly. You, can't, you can't just say, if you invest in X 
number of, of, of markets, your uh, financial interest will increase 7.3%. Right. You can't say, you you can't say that. The word yeah. guaranteed is never being able to say right. it in our business. That's been 35 years that I've been in the business. And you also now hear what's going on in Congress. Uh, McCarthy and AOC, two extreme opposites, are now trying to put the reins on insider trading from the uh, politicians yeah, in look Washington. What, because of Pelo- look at Pelosi, right? Right. I mean, and talk about insider training and how these Congress people and Senate senators, many of whom have inside information, and they use that information. Maybe to- Ke- Kelly, Kelly yeah. was it Kelly Lawford from uh, Georgia? I mean, I was glad when she lost the election. You know, people are saying, "Well, gosh, you know, she's Republican," but you know what? You know, her what husband did she was do? her husband was on the board of directors for the New York Stock Exchange, and she sold stocks, especially healthcare stocks and other type of. Uh, you know, stocks that would go down, entertainment and um, uh, hospitality stocks right before the market went down once COVID hit. And then uh, Diane Feinstein. But the same point thing. is, so it does, but it they, goes, had, they had inside information. Right. But, it, but it goes beyond political labels. Of course. Right. Of course. They're all, people do what's in their self-interest. That's what I talk about on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. I'm, uh, the, the show, I'm one of the only people that, that admits I do what's in my self-interest. People do what's in their self-interest. There's nothing wrong with that. The only thing, the only thing I talk about is discipline it, bridle it, admit it, and then also talk about concomitantly, I'm a senator, I'm going to do what's in my best interest, in my family's best interest, but I'm also going to do the best I can to, do, to represent my constituents. You never hear any of these fat, donut-eating politicians admit that they do what's in their self-interest, whether they're Republicans, Democrats, or independents. You won't believe this, Jeffrey. Just recently, they passed a law called best interest. So I have to sign off on every trade and every transaction that this is the best interest of our clients. Now, some people would say, gosh, you're so overly regulated. Yes, there's, you know, the Madoffs out there that, you know, took money and, uh, you know, the Michael Milkins. Um, they give our industry a bad name. And yes, it brings regulation on us. Uh, but again, um, you know, it's basically... You know, this part of the business that you're yeah. over, you know, regulated, and that we have to disclose any conflicts of interest. But isn't that what fiduciary means? That word, that it's part of your nomenclature. Doesn't fiduciary mean that you have this inherent uh, obligation to represent the interest of your client first? Isn't yes. that what that essentially means? Yes. And being an accredited investment fiduciary, I have to get accredited every year. Same with CFP, I have to get accredited on that as well. And, of course, we're, we're governed by FINRA. Uh, but you know what? I always think about, you know, do what's in the best interest of your client. You know, gotta, I guess it kind of goes back to the Bible. Do unto others what you do to your, yourself. If you follow, you know, some type of, um, you know, um, ethics and morals, um, that will guide us in the financial business to do the right thing. Because, uh, you know, you've heard money is the root of all evil. And, you know, sometimes people get greedy and they try to cut corners and you know we're all human and we all have weaknesses um but again having a good firm like satara keep me in the curbs and keep me on the straight and narrow um i don't always like you know um having compliance and having um to disclose you know many minuscule things uh, but i do understand that that's in the best interest of our clients well actually i think self-absorption avarice greed and attachment to a false premise 
is the root of all evil. I think money is just one manifestations of that. My guest is uh, Pavlos Panagopoulos with Satera Advisor Networks. Now that we've provided some context to the show, let's get into some specifics. Now, I tend to be a cynical person, as you know. Um, I believe in certain conspiratorial grand uh, initiatives and, and machinations. I do believe that our government, whatever that means, and a lot of people that we don't elect— whether it's people like Fauci, whether it's CIA, whether it's FBI, keep in mind all those institutions. We don't elect those 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 people and those institutions, but it, they these institutions have great power over us, we the people. Having said that, it seems to me that there's a grand design that over the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years, there's a design to eliminate the middle class, which essentially is is the uh, well, probably along with wealthy people that own property. And it seems to me there's this grand design to get people to be disincentivized to own property. Therefore, the people who don't own property don't have as much stake in community, in country. And then, therefore, those people that don't own property are much more subject and vulnerable to the whims of the people that it govern, you, you know what that's people. called, right? Socialism. Well, I mean, that's, that, that's a manifestation but, of socialism. You're talking. You're, do you see any indicators of that? As we, no, we, we see, we've seen it go, you know, more to the left. Um, again, thank God for people like Joe Manchin, who put the kibosh on this, um, you know, better, better, build, build it better yeah. plan. You know, very socialist type of plan. Um, you know, my father fled. Greece from the communists uh, back in the early, well, late 1946, the communist uprising in Greece, and he came to this country as a refugee. It's kind of interesting. My son now is helping Afghan refugees. He works for the International Rescue Committee in um, the Washington area, uh, basically placing Afghan refugees into jobs. He says that those people come to this country and they're dying to get a job. The moment they get in their feet land on this ground, they tell my son we want a job right away they don't care about housing or anything else they want to work right away and so you kind of see the immigrant mentality of people wanting that they flee you know basically the oppression and again we see washington moving toward that oppressive type of regime and you talk about agencies this is the big fear now with the biden agency now joe manchin and company have put the kibosh on build it better um but the agencies there, you know, Ron Klain, who is the chief of staff under Biden, he's um, very much into the Green New Deal. His uh, spouse, um, Molina, she's um, also very big environmentalist attorney. And they're talking about trying to force some of this to the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, some of these new Green Deal um, applications. So they're they're right now, you know, again, straight talk. Watch what these agencies do. Um, recently, we saw the Supreme Court put a kibosh to uh, mandating vaccines. Um, now, healthcare people, so hold that's on. one be, thing, but I mean, but but what, hold, I, what but, I'm just trying but, to say but, is... But, but, let me interrupt yes. you. Be, be very careful about what you said. It's the, the kibosh or the, 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 the thwarting Biden's mandate, 100 employees or more yeah. vaccines. So just be clear. Right. I, I, with all respect, I just want to be very clear. Yes, so our but, I, but what I'm saying is that that's just an example. But that's an important right. that's an important point, Pavlos, because had that idiot Biden and his mandate of 100 employees or more, they're mandated to get the vaccination, right. that would have affected almost 90 million 
employees. Right. Now I'm think va- about that. I'm vaccinating but my think wife. about that number. But I'm, I'm, I'm vaccinated. My wife is vaccinated, but I don't believe in forcing others to be vaccinated. Well, I am not I'm, vaccinated. Right, but I'm just saying, and, and I'm that, not going to be right, vaccinated. But I'm just saying that my I believe in liberty, and you have a choice. And people have a choice about what they do with their body. Well, we actually and, don't because we and, have to wear masks. Right. If you want to go see a Lobo game, you got to wear a mask. You have to be vaccinated. So right. we really don't have as much liberty as we did two years ago. Right. And a lot of liberties are coming down. But again, the Supreme Court has been, um, you know, basically a backstop. Um, so has, like I said, because, Democrats, Democrats. Because they're more conservative. Right. Dem- thank, thank God for Trump. As many people that hated Trump, had it not been for those appointees... Uh, the gal recently and the the guy yes. uh, Kavanaugh, Coney Bear and Kavanaugh. Yes, uh, the I think it voted. The vote came out to six to three, so it was pretty much the other. Um, good point. You know, the other people. Yeah, good yeah, point. It was, it was. But I'm just saying. Good point. The, and same with look at Joe Manchin. There are some really good Democrats out there. Whether it's um, uh, Kristen Cinema in uh, Arizona, um, they look at things on both sides. Remember what I said. You know, the Republicans have their issues. The Democrats have their issues. Um, it's not all about party. Yeah. Like you said, it's doing what's in the best interest of our country and our, and our public. And you, like you're saying, if people can't get ahead and they can't afford to buy a home or they can't afford to invest in their 401k, inflation is now raging and people, the people that hurts the most is the middle class. And My guest is Pablos Panagopoulos, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candler. Again, I'm going to take issue with what you're saying. A lot of times people assume that people want to buy a home and have a 401k. My my theory is the powers that be over the last couple of generations have actually indoctrinated, particularly younger people, 35 younger, again, I'm speaking somewhat generically, to not be as interested in finance, in money, in owning a home, in owning land, in self-aggrandizing, collecting assets. I suggest that if you ask a young person today, and maybe we were all this way when we were young, I, I just believe that a lot of the population isn't as interested in finance, owning property, and creating wealth. I don't believe lots of Americans care about that. They're more interested in government taking care of them as opposed to those people being masters of their own destiny. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes. I mean, you know, you, you know, if everybody's heard about everybody gets a 13th place trophy, that's kind of what they've indoctrinated a lot of our young people. And, you know, you and I grew up in a, in a day and age where competition, competition, you wanted to be number one. I wanted to be number Ambition. one. Ambition. And, but guess what, Jeffrey, when the game was over, we shook hands and I congratulated you because the next game I might be the one that's on top. And so, you know, I wrestled in high school for Carlsbad you know, I had some tough matches, but after the match was over, it was over. And um, I think that um, it brings out the best in people. Competition brings out the best in people. And like I said, you see these Afghan refugees coming from Afghanistan, desperate. They're crawling into the wheels of the airplane to get out of that country. Those people are hungry and they're very much into trying to win. Yeah, and but they I see think this a, country but, but, as but, being but, a but, place but I, to be. But I've read a, I've read a, a lot of... Maybe this is anecdotal, but I've read a lot of stories about these people that have come here from Guatemala, you know, Afghanistan, Zimbabwe, whatever. And they're a little disappointed that this country is not so different in lots of right. ways 
as to where they came from. I was from. in Miami. Because of people like Biden, Pelosi, right. and all these others. I was in Miami. That want to, again, infuse and imbue and invoke government intervention and regulation right. into all your behaviors. I was in Miami, uh, Jeffrey, recently, and I met some uh, gentlemen from Venezuela, from Nicaragua, you know, uh, Daniel Ortega from Nicaragua destroyed that country, you know, and the people fled Nicaragua. They're they're in Miami working. They're very conservative. Uh, they actually voted for DeSantis and Trump. And um, the Hispanic community is moving more toward conservatism because Hispanic community and the, even the black community are more conservative and more family oriented. And a lot of those refugees, whether it's from Argentina, Nicaragua, um, Colombia, they want the opportunity, what they heard in the United States. And then they come here, like you said, and they see that our pendulum has swung to the left the last election, and they're a little disappointed. But a lot of those people, like I said, you see Ron DeSantis. He's going to the top. He's a child of immigrants from Cuba. And so you see the next generation is, is looking at what they can do to better the country and also to have some entrepreneurship. And even, you know, we talk about that, the entrepreneur is dead. Yeah. Again, uh, Pablo, respectfully, you just said something interesting, and I think it's a function of because we're baby boomers. You said what we can do for our country. I think Kennedy said that in his inaugural speech in 1960. But I don't think 40 to 50 percent of the country cares about what they can do for the country. I think that population probably, in my mind, 80 to 120 million Americans expect country to do for them. It's a very distinct, distinctive point that's that's rat that, that's. That's antithetical to, I believe, the way we have been indoctrinated lately. The way, in my view, we've been indoctrinated in states like New Mexico and by the Bidens and the Pelosi's of the world is you're a victim. The government owes you a check as opposed to overcoming obstacles, overcoming the gauntlet of challenge in life and contributing back to community. Those are two different things. We make assumptions that everybody wants to contribute to country, is my point. And I'm saying half the country expects the reverse, country to do for them, not contribute to country. And I think straight talk, what you're doing now, and, you know, I, I talk with our clients, our clients' children, our clients' uh, grandkids, and we try to explain to them how important it is to invest and, like you said, be a master of your own destiny. You know, yes, there's a lot of contentious politics going on right now, but you need to set money aside for your retirement, you need to look to your future. You need to think about what's going to happen in your future. You know, yes, we cannot, there's some things we cannot control, but there are things that you can control from a financial standpoint. And, you know, we try to keep preaching, but like you said, it's sometimes an uphill battle because when things are given away, they're like, Pavel, why should I save? I mean, I even have clients ask me, Pavel, why should I save for college for my children? Why should I set up a 529? Because now the Biden administration is talking about eliminating all college debt. Now, wow, won't I feel like a fool? I put all this money in a college fund for my children or my grandkids, and then all of a sudden, all those people who borrowed yeah. money, it, the debt's wiped out. And again, yeah. it's basically um, here's something else to keep in mind. Once the masses get their hands on the purse strings, then you see the Treasury open wide open. Before the election here, we had the Republicans, they were in charge of the purse strings. So they printed as much money as they could. And now we're hitting the inflation wall. That was really started by the Republicans. The Democrats, now in charge with the Biden administration, has opened the floodgates even further. And again, this modern monetary theory, 
you remember, it goes back to Keynesian economics uh, back in the 30s, um, the Weimar Republic, Germany, and you know the rise of Hitler. They basically printed money before the rise of Hitler and said, you know, here, you can spend all you want because we just print this money. But you know it's a law of supply and demand. If you're printing all this money, yeah. gas is going to go up, food's going to go up. Again, Jeffrey, it's old wine, that old nasty wine, vinegary wine, in a new bottle. And the new bottle is called Modern Monetary Theory. And, Jeffrey, they teach that in college. Pavlos Panagopoulos is my guest. Straight talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. The average person doesn't know who Keynesian is. Keynesian, the guy from the 30s and 40s, basically said Englishman. It's, it's government's role to stimulate the economy, as opposed to laissez-faire, which is more or less let the market in and of itself Sir Adam Smith. determine you know, supply and demand kind of propensities and that kind of thing. Adam Smith wrote uh, Wealth of Nations in 1776, the same year Thomas Jefferson uh, wrote the uh, Declaration of Independence. So a lot, a lot of things have changed in this world. But a lot of things remain the same, Jeffrey. Well, nothing has changed. The human experience, the human condition, according to most philosophers, is the same. Man, woman, does, and yes, two genders. There are not three. There are not four. Two genders. Uh, you know, I didn't invent biology. People do what's in their self-interest and endeavor to survive. Nothing wrong with that. Once we operate in that premise, you know, we're going to be fine. But the human experience is only changed because of maybe some environmental differences and because of technological differences. But underneath all of that, essentially, man is a self-absorbed, do what's in my self-interest, survive at any cost being. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, all we can do is try to cultivate a curious mind and critical thinking and a sense of ambition. My guest again, Pavlos Panagopoulos, let's uh, continue to move on. Given uh, Biden's complete collapse, his first year as the leader of the free world, his poll numbers, 32, 33 percent independence. His numbers are even lower than that. And his failure at economic levels, social issues, uh, protecting the border. I mean, you name an issue. He's failed in every regard. How does his utter collapse Probably the worst year of a presidency since perhaps uh, Buchanan, who preceded Lincoln, 1854 to about 1860, or perhaps uh, Hoover, who inherited the Great Collapse, October uh, 1929. See, I did study. Uh, other than those two, perhaps, uh, Fillmore was bad as well. He is first-year president, most failed president in literally 100, 200 years, does that affect the market or the perception, the psychology of how people invest or not invest? Talk about So do you think you wonder why the markets hit all-time highs? Is that ever curious, your, your point? Does I it think, mystify you that market keeps hitting all-time highs? Yes and no. Uh, I would say the, the, the very brief answer is yes, it's mystifying and confounding. But at the same time, when you know somebody is that dumb and you can predict their policies – it's easy, in a sense, to do the, the reverse. Exactly. Does and that make sense? It, you, you hit the nail on the head. And so our job as financial advisors uh, is to look and see what is happening now here in 2022. We see slower growth because of this uh, COVID variant. Now we're on Omicron. 
So Jeffrey got nine more letters left in the oh, Greek they're, alphabet. And they're Greek alphabet. Yeah, they're we, Greek yeah, 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 yeah. We, we Delta, have Omicron, yeah, 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 yeah. Sigma, Chi. You yes, know. Yes. Soon we'll be at Omega. So we got nine more letters yeah, to go. That's so, the last uh, yeah, letter. So yeah, so just, yeah. just just wait. There's going to be, uh, there's always something out there wanting to kill is there, us. Is there a Pavlos? Uh? There, Pavlos, uh, letter P. Letter P. Yes, pi or pi. You, like you pi, say pi, 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 yeah. pi or square. Um, but anyways, you know, you you basically uh, the slower growth is going to continue with the the different variants that are coming out. Uh, again, they're much more milder, and people are not dying. And um, you know, uh, we are the lowest vaccinated uh, country in the free world. Seventy uh, percent have been vaccinated. Um, but again, I think if people had a vote, um, most people, even the people who've been vaccinated, would vote not to force others to vote to be vaccinated. But that being said, there's still going to be some mask mandates and things like that that will keep the economy slow. Inflation is here. Again, these modern monetary theorists in Washington, they're both Democrats and Republicans. Uh, Trump appointed this lady, um, she appointed Coney Bear to the Supreme Court, but at the same time, he appointed Judy Shelton to the Federal Reserve Board. She was a hard money lady. She wanted to go back to gold standard. Um, what they have in the Federal Reserve now, Jeffrey, is group think. And that's what you're talking about um, with our kids being indoctrinated. There's a lot of group think out there. The business colleges around the country are teaching modern monetary theory. Nobody comes out and says, here's modern monetary theory on one end, or Keynesian economics is another word for saying modern monetary theory. Uh, but here's Austrian school of economics, you know, uh, basically what Julie Shelton was talking about. So now we have the Federal Reserve, um, Jay Powell, he was appointed by Trump. And now did it surprise you that Biden reappointed him? But again, because he believes in printing money. And again, it's old wine in a new bottle. Go back to the 70s. Gas prices are rising. Food's rising. Lumber's rising. Um, are you really making more money in your portfolio? Uh, probably not. Uh, you're basically either keeping up with inflation. Um, but if, for an investing standpoint, you have to try to keep up with inflation. And again, for our listeners respectfully submitted straight talk with jeffrey candelary my guest is paulus panagopoulos let's say 27 years ago on a thursday it would cost 107 dollars to buy a microwave because of the influx of of money being printed all the stimulus all these other you know the things that trump espoused but now biden has accelerated tenfold You've got many more dollars in the marketplace. So that same $126 to buy a microwave now costs $278 to buy the same item. Right. And it's That's inflation. Right. And this build it better. They talked about being a $2 trillion plan. I guess the congressional budget said that build it better was going to be like $5 trillion. We are now approaching $30 trillion in debt. And once our debt hits a point where it's greater than our gross domestic product, which is all the things we make in the United States over one year, then we can't really service the debt. And that's the problem that the Fed and Jay Powell have painted themselves into a corner. When, um, when, the, when, when, when uh, Reagan was president, um, it was a Democrat that was appointed as Federal Reserve Chairman, and he basically raised interest rates 18% back in the early 80s. And that's when the inflation was running at the same level. We can't do that, Jeffrey, now because... The debt is so great at $30 trillion, just servicing that debt, if interest rates raised by 1%, just servicing that debt takes out like 20% of our yeah. national budget. And so yeah. we've kind of painted ourselves in a corner and, you know, basically yeah. that's what's happening. What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at, Pablo, is you're an expert in your field 
And folks like you use vernacular nomenclature like inflation and, you know, the Fed and this. The average person listening, no offense, doesn't always understand the usage of all these terms. Like inflation, if I were to ask 9 out of 10 people in Albuquerque what inflation described it, I'm telling you, maybe 6 out of 10 would understand it. It's basically the gas going up at the pump. But what it comes down to when you dissect it further, it's too many dollars in the marketplace that were maybe not there before to buy the same item. It's the supply and demand. Now keep in mind, inflation is at an all-time high based on what the consumer price index is. That's a government agency. If any of our listeners want to go to shadowstats.com, Jonathan Williams, he basically tracks inflation and unemployment the way it was in the 1990s. And if you look at inflation now, the government said, Jeffrey, inflation was running about 5.6% last year. Jonathan Williams is looking at more than double-digit inflation. The government now says that unemployment is at 3.8%. Jonathan Williams tracks the participation rate. People are not looking for jobs. They're sitting at home, like you always say, eating donuts. And if you take out the participation, people who have stopped looking for work, now you've got unemployment at about 12%. So the real number, let's not shout over each other. I just want to be clear because I don't like platitudes. I don't like assumptions. That's why I, I really try to make this show about defining basic terms, making sure people understand, because we tend to use words, and the average person isn't that familiar with what is underneath the word, like the Fed, inflation, uh, Keynesian economics. People don't know what that is. No offense. I'm just trying to get someone like you and me to discuss what it is and not assume everybody understands. So getting back to the real number of unemployment, it's probably closer to 12% because Lots of those numbers that the Bidens don't tell us don't include people who have exited searching the job market. Right. And not just Biden, but Trump as well. Fine. Remember, Trump would say, this is the best economy we've ever seen. Yeah. And now Biden says, this is the best economy we've ever seen. Well, that's your job. They're politicians. They're going to say, this is the best economy we've ever seen. It's a good point. But when you look at the numbers, because again, I, you know, I have a degree from finance from Mercer University, and my professors made me open the book and go through the numbers. When you look at the numbers... It's worse than what we see. The inflation is greater. So Trump lied. Good point. Straight talk with Jeffrey Kennedy. So did Biden. But when Biden could put a thought together, the difference, though, is Trump's inflation real number was what, do you think? It was probably, uh, according to shadowstats.com, it was probably pushing six, seven, eight percent. Now, Biden, it's, you know, double digit. But keep in mind, too. And if anybody out there, this is one of our premises for 2022 thinks the stock market is going to crash because of inflation, we take a different approach to that. Nobody has a crystal ball, nor do we at Satera. But we don't think that that's going to happen because all this money printing really hits the bottom line of corporate profits two or three years out. So it looks like the stock market and the economy will continue to do okay through 2023, 2024, maybe up to 2025. Um, But again, um, this debt is a real issue. Having $30 trillion in debt and now it eclipsing our gross domestic product, that's going to be a problem. And, you know, for our clients, we recommend having some type of precious metals, not Bitcoin, not Dogcoin, but something that's real, something that you can hold in your hand, Silver something that has had some value, some investments that are in metals, whether it's stocks, um, anything. What about silver, gold? Yes, anything, metals, copper, 
uh, food, um, lumber, any companies that make commodities and have pricing power. Uh, companies that are service oriented, they're going to suffer. Um, entertainment companies are going to suffer. Uh, but again, it's going to be selective companies are going to do well in 2022. So that's our third premise. Fundamentals. Look at what investments you have. Don't be buying an index fund that has all the FANG stocks and all the, you know, the good with the bad. Have a good manager that sifts through this, sees this inflation super cycle we're going through and invest accordingly. My guest, Pavlos Panagopoulos, also a sponsor of Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or sponsor the show, get a hold of me, jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. So just to resurrect, and we'll conclude this point, Trump's inflation was probably 6% because he lied. Uh, Biden, when he can put a sentence together, it's probably 12%. Big difference. So Trump's inflation was bad. Biden's is almost horrific. All right, getting back to the Fed. I'm reading the Fed who controls the interest rate that ultimately affects mortgage and And the Fed is a non-elected group of individuals. Right, right, right. The Fed is a non-elected group of individuals. And they control a lot of our lives. Yes. But I'm reading that they want to raise interest rates. And why that's important is when you raise interest rates, it thwarts and impedes borrowing, right? It also slows spending. So according to my understanding of economics, if the Fed raises infl- uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, borrowing rate, then it sounds bad, but ultimately it stabilizes the economy because it thwarts people from borrowing. It slows spending, which creates more it affects the supply and demand of the marketplace is that why the fed wants to introduce maybe increasing the interest rate because it would affect supply and demand and they're trying to jawbone the economy down they're trying to say we're going to raise interest rates and they're not going to do it but but we don't we don't see that we don't see that let me tell you why because but why do why would they talk about raising the interest how does it affect Supply right. and it's, demand. It's, but it's, let me make sure you understand. It's, it's like politicians and Joe Biden. This is the best economy we've ever seen. Nobody has the guts that Paul Volcker had. Paul Volcker was appointed by Jimmy Carter. If you don't remember this, back in the 70s, Paul Volcker raised interest rates. 1978, to eight, I think. He, right. He raised interest rates to 18%. And there you get CDs. I, my mom, remember my mom in Crosby getting CDs at 18%. But remember, the, the deficit... And the debt that we owe was much less. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're saying we're going to raise interest rates. They're talking about raising it um, maybe like to 2% over the next two years. Um, but what we saw last time was what's called a taper tantrum. We may be headed this year in 2022 to a taper tantrum too, where the Fed tries to raise interest rates and all that mountain of debt, just that 1% increase in interest rates has now takes a huge amount of our budget to pay that interest on that debt. So I don't think there's going to be somebody out like Paul Volcker. I don't think that, um, I don't think Biden is Jimmy Carter. You know, Jimmy Carter, um, it was said, Jeffrey, when Paul Volcker said, Jimmy, what I have to do is going to cost you the election. And Jimmy Carter said, well, Paul, if it's the right thing, then just do it. Yeah, but I don't think you have politicians that will do that. I want to get back to, again, Pavlos Panagopoulos, uh, economist, financial 
advisor, Satara. Again, I'm trying to get to what motivates the Fed to want to raise. The it's it's saber rattling. And what they raise rate it because what it does is it contracts the economy. So what it does, it's almost like they're filling the bathtub for, with water and they unplug the bottom of the bathtub and the water drains out. That's yeah. how they try to get inflation to be subsided. But you're speaking in metaphors. I'm asking specifics. If you raise the Fed, raises the interest rate, it slows borrowing, right? Correct. And it slows spending. And Why is that a motivation for the Fed? Why is slow spending and slow borrowing a motivation for the Fed? Because the Fed's job is to maintain lower inflation and maintain employment. That's what I'm trying and to get. And that's what they do. But but what 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 I'm saying is they've kind of like forgotten about inflation. They're they're not really. Um, and so here here for for our listeners out there. There's only one way, Jeffrey, that they're going to be able to f solve the debt problem, and that is to have what's called negative rate of return, where the inflation rate is running double digit and interest rates are running like 1% or 2%. So if interest rates are running, you know, 1% or 2% and inflation is running 6 8%, that means our national debt is being devaluated by 5% a year. That's the only way they can solve the debt problem is to devaluate the national debt. Ultimately, so, raising the Fed, the interest rate can reduce inflation. Correct. It puts brakes on the economy. It's like pumping the brakes. But if you hit the brakes too hard, what happens, Jeff? You go through the windshield. What's that called? A recession. Yeah. And if you really go through the windshield and you go over the hood, that's called a depression. So that's what they're afraid of, that if they hit the brakes too hard. So what they do is a jawbone, like all politicians— and they saber rattle and they say, we're going to raise interest rates, but they're not going to do that because they know that if they raise interest rates, it would send us into a recession because our debt is so high. Yeah. Again, thank goodness for people like Joe Manchin who have put the kibosh to build a better America plan. Um, but again, the people, once they get their hands on that printing press, doesn't matter, Jeffrey, if they're Republican or Democrat, they're going to try to help their friends. They're going to try to, you know, Build bridges to nowhere, build would, highways I, to nowhere. I, I, you know. I, I would argue, though, that the conservatives tend to be less oriented to everybody gets a stimulus check every three months, where the right. Democrats tend to be a little right. bit more everybody gets a stimulus right. check every three months. So I would argue that there is a difference ideologically and philosophically that the Republicans and the the the, uh, the conservatives are just as just as hypocritical and just as uh, fanatically lie-oriented as the rest. But the difference is they do have a philosophical difference that government shouldn't be sending checks to everybody every year as much as the Democrats sure, and there's self, self So there is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. But for, for our listeners out there, what we do at Satera is we look at, you know, what's happening with the economy, Jeffrey, and we try to invest accordingly. Again, what I always tell our clients, Jeff, happy, happy, sad, sad. Happy, happy, we're making money for our clients and their wealth is increasing, hopefully keeping up with inflation. Sad, sad, the direction our country is going in. And again, like I said, the, the, the Democrats in, in, have been just as guilty as Republicans. It was actually George Bush Jr. after the financial crisis in 2009 that really accelerated our debt. Because back before that, the debt clock was going the opposite direction. And what it was, was they had to bail out the banks so, Jeffrey, you say, you know, let's send a stimulus check to all everybody at home. 
well, what about the stimulus check that all the big banks oh, got? No, I, right? I mean, so, you know. I thought that was a right, horrific mistake. Right. You know, you're so, talking about right after 9-11 or right, right in that time frame. So b- bottom line is politicians will help. Who are they going to help, Jeffrey? Their constituents. Who are the constituents of the Democrats right now? Right? They're going to help them. If the Republicans get in charge, who is their constituents? Not you and me. Not well, the middle class. Not the people who yes, work for a living. As I said, everyone does in what's in their self-interest. But there is a philosophical difference. At least the conservatives used to believe and espouse and propagate the ideal that government shouldn't solve all your problems, that everybody isn't a victim. We should have a strong military. We should protect our southern border and vet people coming in and also have a sense that each person should be accountable and more self-reliant. Further, when people commit uh, violent crime, there should be harsh penalties conferred on those people, whether they're transvestite, black, Hispanic, blue, green, whatever. At least there used to be the philosophical difference. Yes, Republicans lie. Yes, Republicans do what's in their self-interest. But there still is, I hope and believe, uh, that there's a philosophical difference. Now you know why the stock market's gone up. The stock market likes gridlock. Thank goodness, I keep saying, thank goodness for Joe Manchin. As long as there's gridlock in Washington, Jeff, they're too busy worrying about how they're going to screw each other over. They don't have time to worry about how to screw the public over. And so basically what I'm trying to say to you is the economy will do well for our listeners out there. You're not going to see a crash. You are master of your own destiny. Yes, it's difficult. We are sad at some of the direction our country has gone to. But you have to live your own life and you have to take self-responsibility for your own actions, your own financial actions, and what you can do with your life. If you would like our help, we will try to guide you in the right direction. That's our job. But we can't cause any miracles. What's your contact information? For those uh, listeners out there, uh, Akiva, please call us at 505-828-4068. We'll get you in touch with one of our financial advisors and our people that we can help you. Um, You can also go to our website, myfinancialsense.com. And if you want to go learn more about our 2022 um, investment outlook, go to the resource tab and we have it in writing what our outlook is for 2022. We also have a video on there talking about, you know, what what the direction uh, 2022 is going to go. Again, thank you, Pavlos Panagopoulos, for being a guest on the show and being a sponsor of Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. What I also appreciate about you and my guests is I challenge you. I don't just uh, talk in cliches. And just like, oh, Publish, you're the greatest thing in the world. You challenge me as well. You've corrected me numerous times. I'm fine with that. We love That's it. the interview style I try to provide. You don't find that on other platforms in this, in this marketplace. Even when you listen to conservative radio or liberal radio, if you notice the guests that, that are brought on, the host tends to, to almost uh, be obsequious to the, and supplicant to the guest. I don't do that. I challenge people to uh, be convicted to their to their ideals, to their ideas, to their convictions, and and to talk truth as, as much as possible. And I think that's what we're trying to accomplish today. So I hope you appreciate it. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I challenge things just like you challenge me, because I think when, when iron sharpens iron, you end up with a very sharp, uh, well-tempered piece of steel called yes, a sword. definitely. And, you know, I always think about, Jeffrey, you and I have, you know, the contention this brings out good discussion and good dialogue between the two of us. So I really appreciate being on your show. Um, I do sometimes think that you and I see the same glass. I see it half full. Sometimes you see it half empty. 
but we're both right, and we kind of take things from different angles, and I think that's important. I think that straight talk is a great uh, venue for individuals to come and be on your show and express their opinions. And again, um, this is definitely not a group think or a self-admiration society no. radio show. It's, it's you know, hard-hitting and let's go bare knuckle and let's talk about what's happening in this economy. Absolutely. Uh, I think you have a caveat or disclosure you need to provide. Yes. Lastly, I would like to mention that Securities and Investment Advisory Services are offered through Satera Advisor Networks, and Satera Advisor Networks is a member of the Securities Investors Protection Corporation. And if you'd like to reach us here in Albuquerque, 505-828-4068, or go to our website, myfinancialsense.com. All right, uh, Pablos, given the capriciousness of our environment, politics, our country, depending on what state you live in, you have more liberty than others. I've talked about this before. I went to see a Sooner game about three months ago, Oklahoma. It was like a free, completely liberated state. No masks. Everybody, you know, business friendly. I didn't see any of this nonsensical, I'm a victim, the world owes me something. I come back to New Mexico to get some gasoline. First thing, where's your mask? Where's your mask? I mean, it was like living in a different country. So depending on what state a person lives in, they have liberty or not. My question is this. If somebody has, let's say, $200,000 in a 401k, that's their, their you know, nest egg. Do you advise that they put that money in a, like maybe a money market to shield themselves from the vicissitudes of the market going up and down? Given the state of the economy, if somebody has like $200,000 in a, in a 401k, what would you advise them to do? First of all, remember this. Inflation is here. So if you basically put it in a money market, you're going to get no return. If you need the money short term, obviously that's a good place. But if it's your long term money and it's for your retirement, we recommend investments that will grow in value over time and will keep up with inflation. And remember what I was saying with what the administration's done now, it makes my job easy because we see gas prices going higher, commodity prices going higher, the necessity of life going higher. Invest in those items and those companies that do those types of investing, and you'll do well. You'll keep up with inflation. Um, that's the key right now is to try to keep up with inflation and have your money grow. Um, but you also, you know, our new our governor here, MLG, um, she's been the best um, realtor for the states of Texas um, and Florida because people, Jeffrey, are moving. they vote with their feet. They're moving. This is a free country, and if you don't like what's going on in New Mexico— Clients are picking up and leaving Good and point. voting with their feet. New York has lost population. California's lost population. Seattle is all these liberal progressive states have lost because they're being overwhelmed with being regulated with their you know inter- government intervention interventions regulating behavior. But mostly the taxes in California. I I understand it. In California, the average person is going to experience a twelve thousand dollars tax. Even increase. the liberals, like uh, Elon Musk, have moved their factories to Austin, Texas. I mean, he's no dummy. He knows he's paying a lot of taxes, so he can say he wants to be a social uh, yeah. media person or whatever. But again, you know, people do vote with their feet. Yeah, we're one of the only states that pays gross receipts tax, which disincentivizes people to own a business and gain profit. And we're taxed on Social Security. Right, and now they're gerrymandering the congressional districts. So that we'll have three Democratic representatives. Again, it's all about power and controlling the population. And, you know, if my hometown, Carlsbad, like you said, goes in with the South Valley of Albuquerque in one congressional district, you know, the people in Carlsbad have a different um, interest 
and a different um, outlook on life than the people in the South Valley of, of Albuquerque. There's fine business people on both ends, but Carlsbad, Hobbs, and Roswell rely heavily on the oil industry, yeah. and they care a lot about what happens to Well, oil. because of what happened with the legislature by gerrymandering or manipulating voting districts and populations. Right, Democrats and Republicans do it. We know that. It's not, well, it's no, that. but, but yeah. the, the Republicans didn't support the uh, redistricting. Not this time. No, look it up. The point is, you now have, because of this manipulation that passed under, uh, what's her name, Grisham, you've got people in Roswell, oil patch places like Carlsbad, oil patch places like Hobbs in those areas, voting with people in Borellis and South Broadway. So in other words, you've got these lower middle class Democrats, no offense because I'm from South Broadway and Borellis. And there are business people there that are business. But I'm just saying they're Democrats that are now integrated or conflated with the Republicans over in uh, Roswell. So what did it do? It it diluted the power of the Republican population in South uh, East New Mexico. And and now we're going to be stuck with three congressional Democrats for at least the next 10 years. Right. And the thing that you guys got to remember is that the people in Southeast New Mexico, it's also known as Little Texas, uh, from our, where I'm from, they have a different outlook on what's going on in life. And so that's why you have different congressional districts so that you, each congressional district is represented, the representative is representing those congressional districts. Absolutely. So when they gerrymand Absolutely. Right. So... You know, the people from the, the Albuquerque and the South Valley have a different interest. Than well, if you study the founding fathers, Jefferson and Madison were about states' rights. Every state has a different interpretation of how they see the economy because they have different economic engines. Some of it's agrarian, agriculturally based, some of it's manufacturing. That's what a democracy was supposed to be about. But that's not what happened in New Mexico. Now you've got the interest of southeastern New Mexico uh, integrated with the interests of Borellis. That's that wasn't supposed to be the way it worked. They're two different worlds. Yeah, but but now because you've got more Democrats right. than Republicans because of the integration of those two populations, you're going to get instead of a Republican from Southeast New, New Mexico as con- a Congressperson, you're going to get a Democrat. That's manipulation. All right, we've got about uh, a few more minutes, Pavlos. Thank you again for uh, interviewing. Do you think the middle class is ultimately being uh, eroded? Yes. And, I mean, well, my small job on life is to try to get the middle class to save money and invest their money. And like you said, the entrepreneur, a lot of people feel like the entrepreneur is dead. Uh, but this whole COVID thing has gotten a lot of young people to start their own businesses. Um, and so hopefully there's a resurgence of entrepreneurship and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll see people, you know, understanding that having your own business makes a lot of sense and that's the nature of this country my, my father-in-law you know he was a waiter and basically took all of his tips and bought real estate in downtown denver my dad came to this country washing dishes and uh, serving hot dogs at coney island and then he built his little empire down in carlsbad but this is the land of opportunity and we definitely want to keep america the land of opportunity we're we're a beacon of light for the world, whether it's Afghanistan or Nicaragua or or Venezuela, they we they, they when they come here, they don't want to see us going the way their countries did. But it is. Well, they they're part of the the solution, helping us fight back. Yeah. I I don't I don't see it that way. The, gla- the glass is half full, Jeffrey. <laughs> well, we can still see a sixteen ounce vessel 
filled with water, eight ounces, I can still see it as half empty and you can see it half full and we can both concomitantly be simultaneously correct. All right. Given that there have been some wage increases in lots of industries, inflation has really negated some of those gains, right? right? And I'm and I'm a big picture of that. By my, my own staff, I've given them raises. Now I love giving my staff raises because my staff is great. You brought the good point up. I got Selena, Francine, uh, Creton, Bibu, Miranda, um, and also uh, Michaela, and of course my lovely wife Nikki. And your wife, yes, yeah. she's the head wow. of the, the household, as they say, the the, the captain of the ship. Um, but we've given everybody a raise, and we've given them increases in their retirement. But I would, Jeffrey, would rather give them an increase in their wage because they're doing a great job. Yeah. So I give them an increase because they're doing a great job, but I gave them an increase because of inflation. And I've told them, we preach this to our clients, and wage inflation hurts everybody because when they talk about raising the minimum wage, it hurts the people, the lower classes. Minimum wage doesn't help the the lower classes. It really hurts them. And I remember back in the 70s when my dad was having to raise the wages every you know, six months because of inflation and having to change the prices on the menu. We, we actually got to a point, Jeff, where we just scratch out the numbers and that was it. It's like Social Security went up a little bit this year, but it was negated because of Medicaid. Medicare. Medicare, rather, right? right. So that, that increase in Social Security was actually negated right. because Medicare went up as well. But the government said, look what a great job we're doing. We're giving everybody a raise. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, to conclude the show. Jeffrey Candle with Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Pablos Panagopoulos, your contact information again, please. Again, you reach us here locally in Albuquerque, 505-828-4068, or go to our website, myfinancialsense.com. Pablos, once again, I really appreciate you being a guest. Been a very spirited conversation. I think we learned a lot today. And thank you for sponsoring Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. All right, lively and informative conversation. Oh, bare knuckled. You're not going to hear anywhere else no, but, but with Jeffrey think, uh, Candelaria and Straight Talk on 1600 AM, KIVA, rockoftalk.chat, abq.fm. Stay tuned next for Liberty Lovers. <laughs>